0: Welcome to the CrowdChurch podcast. We are an online church and you are listening to the service that we also live stream on YouTube and Facebook. For more information about CrowdChurch, please visit our website at www.crowd.church. Well, good afternoon and welcome to Crowd Church. My name is Matt Edmondson, and this week we are getting into the topic what does the Bible say about children? We are asking questions all about kids. Yes, what does Jesus have to say about kids? What are kids like in the Christmas story? Do they have to obey their parents? The key question every parent has on their lips. We're going to get into all of that. When I say we, Uh, Today is myself and my beautiful bride, actually, Sharon uh, Edmondson. It's really weird saying your name, I'm not going to (laughs) lie.
1: Oh no, you don't usually call me by my name.
0: Uh, So welcome Sharon, Uh, (laughs) I can't do it. If I call my uh, beautiful co-host babe throughout uh, the the, the live stream, you'll please just forgive me, it's one of my pet names for Sharon and so uh, yeah. (laughs) any <laughs> <the> other way <laughs> absolutely absolutely it's great that you're here we've got matt in the comments hey matt how you doing uh Sadaf's saying hey on youtube as well so if you're watching us on youtube welcome if you're watching us on facebook welcome make sure you say hi in the comments uh be great to hear from you uh for those of you who don't know crowd is a online church a digital church And we're just here to learn about Jesus, basically. Uh, And that's what we want to do. Uh, And so that's what we do every week. And it's great fun. Uh, And today is the second time my bride has hosted with me. So, yeah. How are we doing? In front of the Christmas tree. We're
1: doing it. Yeah, I was just thinking that. I look really Christmassy (laughs) and you look really not Christmassy.
0: I should have put a Christmas jumper on or something. I've got my crowd merch on today, as you can tell. (laughs) Look.
1: You could maybe borrow
0: Zoe's, like, antlers. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's what I should put on, uh, some antler ears or something. Yeah, 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 totally. So um, uh, that would be nice, actually. Uh, yeah, why not? Let's do that. Uh, I will try and become more Christmassy for next week uh, because, you know, why would we not? Why would we not? So we are, like I so said, getting into this whole topic. What does the Bible say about children? And... Uh, Sharon and I were talking about this before the start of the live stream, weren't we? This is actually quite an emotive topic. Uh...
1: Yeah. Because, yeah. For different people, especially leading up to Christmas, because there are some people who would love to have kids who are not even with uh, like a husband or a wife. They've not been able to find one. And that's quite difficult. Or there are people who've had miscarriages. Uh, we get letters from people whose kids have died. Um, yeah. From uh, kids whose parents have died so we realize it's quite a tricky subject for a lot of people um and we're not able to get into everything because as usual we've picked a massive subject uh, and we're trying to cover yeah. it in just a few minutes but yeah we yeah we're quite aware that, that it is difficult for many people and we just like pray yeah. that the holy spirit comforts you during the talk and yeah, during absolutely. our discussion and of course today. if anything
0: does come up do let us No. Now, um, and you can reach out to us via the WhatsApp number, which is on the screen. Uh, I'm going to point to it here. There you go, point that way. I was pointing to it with my other hand, but I should do that. There we go. Um, uh, You can reach us via the WhatsApp number or through the website. We would love to hear from you. And of course, if you've got any prayer requests, if anything comes up from today's talk that you don't want to put in the comments, do reach out and get in touch and let us know. We would love to hear from you. Absolutely, we would. So, what is coming up today babe can you um can you remember
1: i think so today we've got phil watson talking about what does the bible say about kids and then we've got um a song which mm. today is a christmas carol so we're getting very christmasy uh it's oh come will you faithful check my notes i think that's it um and then we're gonna um have a discussion about the talk uh, so if you've got any questions stick them in the comments as the talk's going on or during the song and uh, we'll try
0: to get yeah, around absolutely. to them yeah that'll, that work. that'll do I've, I've nothing to add to that uh, very well done there uh, sweetie that's very well done um so if you are with us and not watching the grand prix well done you uh, because i know some of you will be watching the grand prix i'm not going to lie i have got the results coming up uh, in front of me uh, on my computer screen as well so just You know, if anything does happen out of the ordinary, I will let you know. Uh, But I think uh, the whole thing has stopped currently as we stand. Uh, It's in a red session. But let's not talk any more about that because that's not why we're here. good idea (laughs) right we are in the uh, I would like to say in the middle I don't actually know whereabouts we are whether it's in the middle or at the beginning or, or what we're doing a series called what does the bible say about and this is where we look at what the bible has to say about some of the big questions that we have some of the big topics we've already covered things like what does the bible say about science and what does the bible say about the environment which was great So this week we are carrying that on and we have, uh, as Sharon said, the charming and delectable Mr. Phil Watson, uh, who is answering the question, what does the Bible say about children? So we will be back after this talk. Here's Phil.
2: My name is Phil, and I'm going to be talking today about what the Bible says about kids, children. Uh, I'd like to start off by telling you about a row I had with my grandfather. I'm going to guess it was the mid to late 1980s. Now, my granddad was born in 1901, so he was a Victorian. He was a widow. He was widowed for about 35 years. He was something called a Presbyterian, which I've le- sort of since found out means he was a Christian. He was just quite an angry one. I don't know if that's true of all Presbyterians, but he was, and um, I wasn't a particular particularly easy teenager and I decided to pick a fight because on one Christmas day uh, we'd been to church in the morning that was pretty normal for us and we'd sung away in a manger Uh, you know the song you sung it at primary school you possibly have been to church on a Sunday Christmas time and sung it and my point was that the little Lord Jesus, according to the song, no crying he made. I'm not very good at singing, OK? I'm not very good on technology, by the way, either. So if I'm looking in the wrong place, just get over it, OK? Um, and my point was, there's no way that if Jesus was a little baby and he was in a manger, which, as I understood, it was some sort of um, cow shed. So cold, uh, probably a little bit damp, possibly hungry, uh, cow lowing whatever that is i think it goes moo is that mooing cows mooing um there's no way jesus wouldn't have cried i just and i started to say this out loud and my grandfather being a certain man of a certain era victorian said you need to listen to me because i'm your elder you need to respect me because it says in the bible respect your mother and father and it's true it does say that uh, and if i'd known my bible a little bit better uh, as a teenager i would have been able to say to him ah it also says uh, parents Might have got this verse a little bit wrong. Parents, do not make your children angry. Um, The conclusion of this row was we just fell out. And he was in a bad mood with me and I was in a bad mood with him. And we probably mired Christmas Day somewhat for everybody else. And I probably should apologise to all the other people who were there. Um, But my first point I want to make is if you've got kids, maintain the relationship with them. Don't fall out over Well, almost anything. If you can keep talking to them, if you can keep listening to them, you've always got a chance of repairing any fallout or rift that you have. Um, Keep talking. Okay, so anyway, in case you haven't worked it out, I'm recording this in sections because I can't do a whole 20 minutes in one go. It's too hard for me. Um, Hopefully continuity will work. And if it doesn't, you're going to have to just get over it. Okay, so it might be recorded over hours, days, weeks, months. I don't know. Uh, Anyway, a little bit more about me. I am a birth parent. So me and my wife have two kids of our own. We became foster carers about 11 years ago and then we adopted one of our foster kids. I'm also a secondary school teacher and I've done tons of kids and youth work in Liverpool where we live over the years. Um, One of the things that the Bible talks about very much is uh, looking after the orphan. Old Testament, New Testament, there are so many verses it would take me ages, take all my time to go through them. The one that I like the most is probably in the book of James where it says religion that God likes is where we look after the orphan and the widow. Um, In the United Kingdom there are 107,000 Kids in care, something like that. Um, If you're interested in fostering, if you're interested in adoption, please get in touch with me, even if you're not in Liverpool, it doesn't matter. I'd love to talk to you more about it. I really think God's heart is for looking after kids who's got no one to look after them. We, We call them orphans in a very sort of loose sense of the term. It doesn't necessarily mean their parents have passed away. Anyway, you'd have thought with all my kids and youth experience, I would know all about children and I'm afraid I don't. I get it wrong more times than I get it right, I think. Uh, children, forgive me. If I've taught you, forgive me. If I've parented you, forgive me. Um, my son said rather wisely the other day, uh, well, I asked him rather bravely, stupidly, foolhardly, foolhard, fool, with foolhardiness. Uh, what what's the stupidest thing I've ever said? And he went, it's simple. The stupidest thing you've ever said, Dad, was when you were in an automatic and you didn't know how to drive it. And you went, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to stall it. Uh, apparently you can't stall an automatic. I didn't know that. Uh, but he told me and he said, he said that was the stupidest thing I've ever said, which I thought was quite impressive. Anyway... The Bible does tell us quite a lot about how to raise our kids. Some of the verses are cherry picked, a little bit out of context, in my opinion. The two I want to talk about today are one in Deuteronomy, I'm just looking down, Deuteronomy 6, verses 7 to 8, where it says to teach your children diligently, to sit at home with them, be out and about with them, wherever you go with them, teach them. And the thing that I've picked up from that more than anything is spending time with your kids. Um, And time where you're with them doing what they want, maybe where they set the agenda a little bit, not just being in the same place. Never waste a car journey. If your child, uh, whatever age they are, needs a lift somewhere, you know, take them, take them, chat with them. Uh, hear hear what they're thinking, hear what they're talking about. Let them choose the music so you know what they're listening to. I've learned a lot about a pop star called Dave um, through one of my kids. Absolutely fantastic lyrics, a real insight into what he likes. don't don't waste a, an opportunity to be with your children, whether it is watching their TV, watching their sport, um, playing games, board games, whatever it is, computer games. If you're not into Roblox or Fortnite, but your kid is, try and find out a little bit about it so that you understand where your kid's coming from, what your kid's doing. Um, yeah, spend time with your children. There's another great verse in Ephesians four, so that's in the New Testament, in the new bit of the the new bit of the Bible, the New Testament, where it says basically with your words build people up. I grew up in the seventies and eighties where it wasn't very normal or traditional to say positive things about children somehow it would be make them arrogant it's a bit about you know going back my granddad born in 1901 to the very end of the Victorian era um it was a little bit like oh you, you, you know children are great they're okay but we don't want them to have too much of a role and I can see where they're coming from um but at the same time I'm not sure you can say too many positive things to a child about them building up their self-esteem, making them feel self-confident. The Bible uses the word edifying, which basically means, yeah, build up. Um, You're trying to create comfortable people, comfortable with themselves, confident about themselves, that they know that you love them. And if you're a Christian, that you know they know that God loves them as well. Um, it really will help anybody go through life knowing they're loved. That's one of the things we've both learned, me and my wife, about fostering and adoption is how many kids have absolutely no notion that anyone loves them. And they've got a lot of evidence that suggests that no one loves them. Um, tell them you love them. If you're not happy telling them, write it down in a letter. And when they're old enough, give them the letter or the letters. Uh, I do that for my kids because I'm not always the best at expressing how I feel about them. So spend time with your kids, try and say positive things to your kids. Now, there's uh, kids are mentioned all the way through the Bible. There's a lot about children. Uh, One of the stories uh, that I like the best um, is the feeding of the 5,000. I don't know you might know it. So a bunch of people follow Jesus all day and they run out of food or they didn't have anything to eat. There's no Subway. There's no Tesco Metro. There's no Londis. uh, And so they're all starving. And one little boy, um, I'd love to know if he was on his own, was he with his family, sort of says, "I've, I've got my packed lunch. Well done for being prepared. Do you think that he prepared it himself or do you think his mum sent it out with him? Uh, we got two teenage sons. I cannot believe that they would have worked out that they needed a packed lunch. Uh, but you never know. Maybe I'm, uh, I'm doing a disservice to this young lad who says to Jesus or the disciples, you can have my food. What a great sign of generosity. Um, what a great kid. Um, yeah, what a, what a great role model. Fantastic! I'm sure Jesus would have sorted something out if that kid hadn't come forward with his offering of bread and and lo- and and fish and loaves. But he did. His generosity enabled that miracle to happen. Um, yeah, never underestimate the power of a generous child. Um, there's another famous story uh, in the Bible where loads of kids are wanting to come and be around Jesus, um, and it's a, there's a horrible archaic translation where it says where Jesus says, suffer the little children, which is a really misleading phrase now because suffer means to to experience pain. But in those days, when that version was written, it meant allow. So really what Jesus is saying is allow, let the kids come to me. Now, there's a few things I want to say about that. First of all, in the time when Jesus is living, children are fairly marginalised. It's a terrible patriarchy. There's men at the top, and there's women and children somewhere towards the bottom, and orphan children, I've already mentioned, and widows, so women without a man, are really low down. And Jesus elevates them time and again to say, No, everybody is important to me. And everybody from the youngest child who's got no social power because they're an orphan uh, right through to 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 widows who would also have no social capital Um, and Jesus was very good at including strangers foreigners people who are outcast Uh, I could go on about that forever it's just fascinating ministry of Jesus but he says let the people let these kids come to me but now I want to turn that on its head a little bit and go great allow children let children encourage children to be involved in whatever it is that you do Whatever your church scenario you find yourself, but even in family scenarios, encourage the kids to be part of that. But I wonder what kind of man was Jesus that the kids and the children, whoever, I don't know what, how old they are. In my mind, they're kind of primary age, but maybe, um, you know, under 11, under 12. They wanted to be with this man. And I'm figuring, well, this is more of an observation. But what, what, do, what kind of people do the kids want to be with? Well, they like being with people who are, first of all, they feel safe with them. I think a lot of kids, not all have a discernment as to who's safe. They want to be with people who are fun and they want to be with people who have got an interest in them. And I think there's a a role model there for us all. It's Jesus. He's a good role model for us all to kind of look up to and go, right. So Jesus, um, I think he had a sense of humour. I don't know if he laughed. I know he cried. I don't know if he laughed. But if kids wanted to be with him, I'm figuring that he did. Um, I reckon that he had a... A real interest, which goes back to the time spent with children and the the way he spoke to them. I'm guessing with a degree of respect, as in interest. And I think we need to make sure that we communicate with our kids in the same way. Okay. Well, I've raised my camera up a little bit because I was looking back at the old clips and I realised I've got too many chins. So hopefully you won't notice them now. It's also a few days later, so I've got hair that's a little bit longer. Um, I'd like to end by talking about a very famous verse from the Bible where Jesus says, you need to have a childlike faith to enter the kingdom of heaven. So to get into heaven, you need to have a childlike faith. This is the word childlike, not childish. Childish, if you're a child, you can be childish. Um, But childish sounds a little bit immature sounds like you you do silly things uh, uh you laugh at the wrong things perhaps um it's not the same as being childlike and I'd like to uh give you an analogy uh, uh about what I think childlike means so anyway as I've mentioned possibly a few times we're foster carers and one of the first kids we ever fostered came to us he's about three and a half he'd been with us a couple of days and we were beginning to get to know him very very slowly he was extremely cautious and nervous around us and he had very very little language and i took him to the park one day it's only a few hundred yards and we walked there and we got to the park we were on the edge of the park and he was staring and uh and he went what that and uh he had say limited language i went oh what that oh, he means what is that so i was looking in the park going wonder what it is what is it that's exciting in this park and i realized he was kind of gesticulating kind of pointing at a tree and i was like oh right okay it's a tree this is a tree and he went tree and we walked up to it and I touched it and I rubbed it. And he he didn't do that. He was worried and scared of this tree. And then he tentatively put out his hand because I'd done it. And he touched the tree and he went, tree. And he kind of flinched almost because, you know, bark, it was a, it's quite a sharp feeling, isn't it? And he'd obviously never, ever seen a tree. He'd never touched a tree. It just makes you wonder where he'd been for the first three and a half years of his life. And he spent with me 20 minutes patting the tree, touching it we even sniffed it he didn't lick it uh don't think and we were looking at uh the twigs and the leaves because it was November that had fallen around the tree and we looked at them and we we sniffed them and we felt what they were like and he had this incredible sense of awe and wonder I've never seen anything quite like it because I guess from his world this was just amazing this was unfathomable this was incredible yet there it was and it was true. There was a tree. We walked on a little bit further. Guess what? There was another tree. So we spent some time patting that. And we didn't carry on going around the whole park because there's several thousand trees and we'd still be there now. But he put his hand in mine, a little hand, and we walked home. And there's an analogy there about him trusting me. And I'm not going to pretend that I'm God or Jesus, but he'd known me enough. He couldn't remember my name, by the way. He didn't know what to call me, but he was still trusted me enough to hold my hand and walk home. And, um, and I just wonder if that so it is an analogy. There's a lot that I'm going to squeeze out of that, um, which is, in, in all analogies, don't bear too much close uh, scrutiny. Because um, he, he, he could have had those questions, couldn't he? And I know I do, about well, where did the tree come from? Where did God come from? Um, why do some trees get ill? You know, evil and suffering. Um, and I don't think that the Bible is saying that you you shouldn't have an academic or an intellectual uh, curiosity about all sorts of questions, you know, the Big Bang, evolution, evil, suffering. Um, you know, what? all these things are completely legitimate and you need i think to to ask them and to try and find answers but i'm not convinced that you'll find answers to all of those questions wherever you look which is why the bible talks about having faith and about trusting god um i think if you went to court and i'm not a lawyer um and said is there evidence for the for christianity being true or false you'd you'd struggle to prove it either way in a court of law because it comes down to a matter of faith and a matter of of like that little boy just just seeing it just trusting it just believing it I'm not sure that analogy will work for everybody um but it kind of works for me because I saw it and I just went oh my word he's never seen that before and now he's now he's now he knows it's true now he's seen it he's seen that tree now um I'm going to end this talk with uh, the the last verse or the last line which is I am a child of God which kind of links in with what I've said um now I know I've perhaps emphasized uh some of this for people who've got children whether they're birth fostered adopted um and you may or may not have children but you were at least once a child uh to somebody somewhere but the Bible says that we are all children of God I firmly believe that the the story of Christianity is for every human being. I think there's 7.3 billion of us on the planet at the moment. Every one of us is a child of God. Uh, if you want to find out more about what that means, um, get in touch with Crowd Church, Or if you're watching and you know somebody who is a Christian, ask them. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for listening. I hope it made sense. Um, I enjoyed myself anyway. Amen.
0: Great. Thanks, Phil. Appreciate that. Appreciate the talk. What did you think to Phil's talk? Uh, If you are watching on Facebook, you know what Matt Crew thought to Phil's hairstyle. But what did you think to his talk? Uh, Write your questions, write your thoughts in the comments. And we are going to get into that in Conversation Street. But before we do, we're going to have a time of worship and reflection. That's what we call it. But actually, this being December, this being Christmas we are going to jump into a Christmas carol oh yes the first one of the year yes we're going to do that right now so we're going to sing "O come all ye faithful now this song in case you don't uh, uh know has gone uh pretty bonkers on YouTube so a lot of people have been watching this uh song on YouTube over 100,000 people have now seen it uh, which is great. Hope you enjoy it. And if you're here because of this song, it's great that you're uh, with us at Crowd. I see a bunch of people have joined us uh, whilst Phil's talks were going on. If you don't know me, my name is Matt Benson. I'm the pastor here at Crowd. It's great to see you. Great that you could be with us. I'm going to be back again in just a few short minutes with my wife as we go through your questions, through your comments uh, on what does the Bible say about children. In the meantime, here is our very first Christmas carol of the year, O Come All ye faithful.
3: Oh, come. adore Him Oh, come let us adore Him Oh, come let us adore Him Christ the Lord Sing choirs of angels sing in exultation
0: Of that track from the mighty John Farrington. Oh, yes. And actually, if you like Christmas carols, stay tuned because we will end uh, today's live stream with uh, a song which uh, Dan Pryor and Greg Schofield and Zoya Sh- uh, Sharples recorded for us. It's just a beautiful track. And you're going to want to listen to that. We're going to play that uh, in about half an hour's time. And also next week, I've not actually heard it yet, but we have a new song a new Christmas carol coming. Uh, yes. And uh, well, I'm, I'm not going to say because I don't want to spoil anything. I'm just going to tell you that there is this track coming next week, which is uh, by all accounts. Amazing. Amazing. So you're definitely going to want to subscribe and make sure you connect with us because that is coming. What I can tell you, babe, is that um, our Josh has done the orchestral arrangements on it with Mr. John Farrington. Ooh, so both nice. of them is, yeah, yeah, yeah so absolutely. To so it's then. gonna have brass and all kinds of. Anyway, it's gonna be epic for crowd. It's gonna be epic. Uh, Mark put here in the comments. I need a mince pie now. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Merry Christmas to everybody uh, who's watching the live stream right now. Hope your December and Advent is going. Well, uh, as we said at the start, if you've just joined us, my name is Matt, and beside me is uh, my beautiful bride, uh, Sharon, who I will probably call babe or sweetie as we go through the live stream, because that's just how I refer to my wife. Uh, So um, yes, uh, welcome to the live stream, great that you're here. Now we're going to get into this whole thing about what the Bible say about children, we're going to talk about Phil's talk, we're going to get into some of the questions that we already have that have come in. All that good stuff coming up in the next few minutes. So, if you do have questions, if you do have comments, do write them down. We would love to hear from you, Uh, Matt.
1: I can't see any of the comments
0: or questions from uh, my screen, so you're going to have to film the comments. It'll be fine. No, Uh, Matt's asked, "Is the new song uh, better than the new Elton John one?" Uh, having heard neither Matt, I can't tell you the answer to that question. Uh, what I can tell you is uh, yes, it is basically yes. Um, <laughs> here's the thing right. Now, uh, you know when Phil said in his talk, I don't know if you remember this, he said in his talk that in his opinion, you can't put too, you can't give kids too much positive praise. Right. Which I thought was a really interesting statement to make, because in my head, the first thing that I thought of was those parents who took their kids to a show like Britain's Got Talent or something like, you know, the ones I mean. And they've gone, you have got the voice, you know, of an angel. You will make angels weep uh when you sing on the stage in front of cowl and <laughs> and all those kind of people and it turns out their voices uh, well they the voice does make angels weep but for entirely the wrong reasons yeah, yeah. <laughs> and up, yeah. um and so i think <laughs> that's what i thought so there's this whole thing about giving kids positive praise um and
1: uh i guess in, I guess in that scenario though the praise wasn't actually true was it uh, there must be an element of truth yes.
0: in what you're yeah, saying that's surely good. that's very 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 very, very oh, true yes there has to be an element of truth in the praise all, all truth maybe <laughs> yeah, yeah. let's just stick with truth full stop of course that leads us to ask the question yeah, yeah. what is truth but that is probably beyond the scope of this week's live stream now
1: i think that's coming up you in the new that year one?
0: that one are you down to do that talk? i okay, think so, well, I yeah. look forward to that one mate. um Uh, yeah yeah absolutely absolutely so it is uh the first weekend of december Uh, as you can see behind sharon we've put up our tree it is advent it is christmas and at the very heart of the christian story at the very heart of christmas is this whole idea that god amongst us emmanuel god came down to earth as a human being but started that life off as a child as a baby uh, amongst us and this is why we thought maybe this is a really interesting topic to do now and this whole idea of jesus in a manger um you know wrapped in swaddling coke type thing no crying he makes what did you think to that uh did you do you didn't do, do you think jesus cried
1: i think probably yeah the right. bible doesn't say he didn't does it it's just a normal part of child yeah. uh, being a baby so yeah I do think it's a pretty amazing thing, though, if you think about it, that the creator of the world, who is powerful enough to fling the stars into space and all that other stuff, to come to Earth as a helpless baby mm. is quite incredible. Um, today in church we were singing, the church we went to this morning, we were singing a song which talked about Jesus and describing him as being like a lion but also by like a lamb. And I, it kind of... It reminded me of that a bit in that he's like a lion. Mm. He is so powerful, but he's like a lamb in that he comes as a humble, uh, yeah, Mm. in humility. And you've got these two things going on at the same time.
0: Quite. Uh, Jesus was both man, he is God, but he also came as a baby. And it's one of these amazing things about the Christian story, about the Mm. Christmas story. Uh, Phil is actually obviously listening to the live stream right now. Hey, Phil, uh, thanks for doing the talk, because he's put in the comments, kids sniff out fake praise. Uh, they They really do do. certainly our kids do anyway (laughs) (laughs) maybe our kids are unique Um, so Jesus comes as a baby now uh, again before the live stream started we were talking about this whole idea of balance so let's just address that issue what do you mean when you when when you were talking about that in the kitchen this whole idea of balance
1: yeah I think the the Bible does bring balance into a lot of areas of life. But with kids, I think we can go to two extremes. We can either almost make them like God and worship them and they become our world, or we can go the opposite extreme where we think of them as nothing and insignificant Mm. and not worth it. Whereas I think the Bible brings balance to that. It doesn't let us um, make kids our God, because it's like God is meant to be number one before every other relationship. but at the same time, it talks about how each person is made in the image of God, um, and even talks about a baby in the womb and how God's, God sees that baby and how it um, how God knits mm. together that baby in the womb. So um, yeah, I I think it, it it helps us to avoid two extremes, um, but helps us to see kids as a mm. good and a positive thing for, uh, that we're there to nurture and to train and to love. Uh, yeah, that, that, I think that was what I said. It. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think
0: it's an important point to make because in the culture of today, there is this whole thing about the idol of kids, do you know what I mean? And, and they've, the worship and the idol of kids. And I, I, I find the whole thing fascinating. And when I, I mean, I grew up in the 1980s, you know, just showing my age a little bit. Uh, it was very different, I think, growing up in the 1980s to what it is now. And quite rightly so, you know, times do move on and things do develop uh but i think um the the way we venerate kids now i think is very very different to how it was when i grew up and um, i'm not saying we were always right but i do think this whole idolization of kids has just gone a bit i don't know to me it seems like it's gone a little bit far on occasion um so it's good to bring that balance back and conversely like you say there are cultures that actually have no value on a kid's life none whatsoever and in fact this, it's a really interesting thing isn't it at what point does value start and uh and what is that value and worth you put on a human being's life at what age does that begin and it it depends in different cultures doesn't mm-hmm. it at, at what age that starts and i think it's quite it's quite sad to see um so you, i think i would like you to say on one hand god is god kids aren't god but on the other hand kids are a gift from god aren't they
1: yeah yeah and seen as very positive um and as well i think um in some cultures as well women are uh, part of the worth of a woman is in if she has children and then if you haven't got children you can be seen as less than but again i think um especially in the new testament we see how uh, a woman's value is just in being created in the image of god Mm. not through anything else thoroughly and uh, yeah i think it helps to just bring a little bit of balance there as well it's saying yeah kids are mm. a blessing they are a good thing but if you can't have kids as a woman that doesn't mean that you're less yeah, than somebody absolutely. else
0: uh this whole the, one of the questions is does the bible say that children really are a blessing i thought it was quite a funny question um <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it might not feel like that they are. <laughs> I do think that was quite a funny story. Uh, it says in Psalm 127, verse 3, I'll put the scripture in the comments. Um, don't you see, this is from the message translation, don't you see that children are God's best gift? The fruit of the womb is his generous legacy, which I think is a really interesting way to put it. Um, that uh, children are God's best gift. Uh I don't. I. I don't. What do you think about that? Do you think. Do you think that's right?
1: Uh, well, if it's in the Bible, I'm, I'm going with it. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess it's partly down to words, isn't it, and um, mm. how it how it's translated. I think but, the sentiment
0: is there, isn't it? It's, yeah. um, it's that kids are like this amazing gift from God uh, to people, and I think as parents. Um, when our kids were born, I don't know about you, babe, but I, my, I think my outlook on life changed a lot. And I was very aware of this little bundle of life that I had in my hands. Uh, and at that mm. moment, I totally was convinced that, that, and I still am convinced that they are a gift from God most of the time, yes.
1: Mm. <laughs> I think I'm always convinced they're a gift, but I think at times when they were smaller, with a lack of sleep
0: <laughs> didn't, didn't always, always feel like, feel like, it. like they're it, awesome maybe. now but, our kids are awesome now yeah but yeah awesome
1: they, are, they,
4: are
0: fabulous. <laughs> they were fabulous <laughs> oh it's brilliant so yes we're, our kids really a blessing i thought was a fantastic question uh another question that came in this is an interesting one and uh, what we should have done in hindsight is got our kids onto the live stream um is that the bible is clear that children should obey their parents is it not Uh, so what (laughs) now the reason I'm laughing is because all the time my kids were growing up if we ever did devotionals around the table um, you know and we'd pull out the Bible read the the Bible without fail quite often I would go to one of the scriptures which talks about how children need to obey their parents
1: yeah you only just had to open the Bible and they'd know (laughs) I I know what's coming now (laughs) pull out that verse again Unfortunately, yeah
0: unfortunately i was messing around um but actually it does say it it does say uh ephesians chapter six uh one to three children uh, do what your parents tell you uh this is only right honor your father and mother uh, is the first commandment that has promised attached to it namely so you will live well and have a long life now that's a loaded scripture right there right um Mm -hmm. Any thoughts on that? I'm going to put that in the comments while you share your thoughts.
1: Yeah. um, Again, I I think we we need context for this first. The context of this is that the parents are uh, are doing what their responsibility is. I I think the Bible talks about the responsibility of parents, but also the responsibility of children responsibility of the parents is to love their children and to train them up in the ways of God to lead them to God and to show him their ways and not to um, aggravate them and not to m- make them angry as the other verse says um, and then it's the responsibility of the children to listen to that and obey but there are many situations where you have parents who are not doing that and who are maybe being abusive or not not necessarily abusive but a teaching their kids the wrong way. And there is actually another verse in the Bible, which I found today, which uh, it's in Ezekiel, uh, which is uh, it's Ezekiel 20, verses 18 to 20. And it's God talking to um, some children and saying to them, do not follow the statutes of your parents or keep their laws or defy yourselves with their idols. I am the Lord your God. Follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. So that's a situation in which the parents are actually leading their kids away from God and away from his ways. And in those situations, God's saying, no, um, your relationship with me and what I'm saying is even above that of your parents. um, I hope I've kind of made that clear. And And I don't think that's an excuse just to kind of, if your parents say something that you don't like, just to pull that out and go, well, I don't have to obey you then, do I? It's not about... What we like or don't like it's like a genuinely your parents are telling you something very very wrong
0: um, yeah, that's very good very yeah. very good and i think it's very very interesting how um with the bible you do have to understand the context of everything so we are very good i think um at taking a verse and creating a thought theology around one verse in other words creating a principle or a way of doing it like we take a verse which says children you have to obey your parents and we can create something out of that that is out of whack, is out of balance. And actually, when you read it in the context of Scripture, there's a whole lot more going on. And I think um, that's one of the reasons why we have to study Scripture, isn't it? It's why we have to get into it and figure this all out, not just form a theology based on one tiny verse. Um, you did steal my thunder slightly because although I would often quote to the kids, uh, children do what your parents tell you, this is only right. Um uh, in verse four, the very next verse says, um, fathers, uh, it's like it's like it was talking to me directly, it didn't say mums, it just said dads. Uh, dads, uh, do not provoke your children to anger. <laughs> and in Colossians 3.21, it says, uh, fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. And so I can't say that I've been particularly brilliant at not provoking my kids because, you know, why would you not do it? Uh, It's almost like a sport. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I I do get the point of it, actually, that actually um, it's quite, I think it's quite radical for the New Testament to talk about children obeying your parents. But conversely, Paul is having a right go at dads especially in two letters that he's writing in the New Testament going, Dad, stop provoking your kids. Stop He's actually given them some real clear and explicit instruction at a time where kids weren't seen as the most beautiful people on the planet. And so um, I, I find it's quite radical, actually, in his treatment of kids when Paul writes this.
1: Yeah, I think um, mm. Phil did bring that bit out, didn't he, about the cultural background and where the father was the ruler of the home and everyone had to just do what he said. But again, Paul's bringing more balance into that, going, actually, you know, Fathers, you've got a responsibility to your kids that they they don't have to just obey you, but you've got to actually be good to them and yeah, um, yeah not yeah, provoke that's, them.
0: Um, that's really really fascinating because obviously dads, especially dads, listen up. You know, and I know you can provoke your kids. So stop it, right? And I'm talking to me just as much as everyone. Um,
1: well, our kids' our, our comments our kids have been quite, in the in the comments uh, throughout or... this whole thing.
0: I, and I know I, I know Zoe and Zach are watching it. I don't know if our Josh is watching it. But I know Zoe and Zach are watching it, and I think that has been quiet.
4: <laughs>
1: um, eyes might be rolling. Well,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> we should have got them on the live stream. That would have been hysterical. Okay, so uh, one of the questions which came in what does Jesus say about children? So we talked a little bit about the Bible, and obviously what Jesus said is recorded in the Bible. But what specifically did Jesus say about kids? And Phil touched on this um, a little bit, and there's a few verses. Uh, that came out um, where Jesus said, uh, let the children come to me or suffer the little children to come to me. I think was a verse that Phil quoted from the good old King James. Uh, Let the children come to me and do not hinder them for such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. In Luke chapter 18, verses 15 through 17. That's quite an amazing thing. Uh, for Jesus to say isn't it
1: Mm. yeah definitely um yeah I I was actually thinking of a a different point that Phil pulled out on that one so um don't mind me going (laughs) off track a little bit he was talking about how (laughs) how the fact that children were attracted to Jesus and that children aren't just attracted to anybody and that whole thing of jesus must have he must have surely Mm. have been quite fun to for them to be around him and i think uh, i don't know if anyone's watched the series the chosen um i think you can download it on your phone as an app and it's free to watch but i think that series brings out there's a um like uh one episode where it's most about Jesus interacting with children mm. and they do it so well. They just bring out that fun side of him, um, but also just that that kind of love. All the things that Phil mentioned in his talk, mm. they bring out really well for the character of Jesus. And it was an aspect I'd not really thought about before. Yeah. But it's like, oh, oh yeah. And it just made, I was watching this going, I just want to be with you. It's a great guy to to be around.
0: (laughs) The Chosen, by the way, is, if you've not seen it, is a TV show which you can access for free on the web. Just Google The Chosen and it will come up. You can watch it on your phone or I think in a web browser. And it is um, a a dramatized TV series about the life of Jesus in the Gospels. And it's very, very good and definitely worth watching. It is a dramatization. It's not like... The, they have artistic an licence and that's cool and I, I quite like that but just remember that when you're watching it and it's absolutely wonderful so but yeah let the children go on I forgot forgotten what
1: question well, you originally Jesus
0: asked me what do you think Jesus is saying when he says um, I say to you whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it I mean that's quite a bold statement to make hmm.
1: yeah It is. And it does make me kind of go, oh, what does that mean? Um, It it could mean, I think children have got quite um, a simple faith in a way, haven't they? Um, When they hear something that they believe it. And I I think in that sense, when we, if God's saying something, if we see what God's saying in the Bible, Mm. I think we're to believe it. Um, That's not to say that we're not to use our mind. Again, like Phil pointed out, the Bible also talks about, Um, loving God with your heart your soul and your mind so we're not to take our mind out but we're to use it but I think there is I do think that goes hand in hand with just that simple faith of okay God you've said it I'm gonna I'm gonna trust you on that Uh, I don't want to say the same
0: thing I'd say the same thing I think it's um it I quite like that whole idea of uh being child I mean not being childish but being childlike um and sometimes you look at you look at adults in life and you feel like they've lost the wonder of, of, of childhood. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, and I, that's a good yeah. one as well.
1: wonder. I think, yeah, the wonder of faith yeah. and the wonder and I think of when God. when you're a
0: kid, maybe. everything is just amazing, isn't it? And then as we get older, it's kind of like reality hits and we lose some of that. And I, and I, I wonder if Jesus is talking about that um, a little bit, but I mean, it's pretty clear to me that, that Jesus is pretty big on kids and he's, he's valuing kids. And he's actually telling a mm-hmm. society at the time that doesn't value kids to value kids and going, listen, if you're not like these, you're not yeah. getting in. And I think it's a pretty big deal to his audience who were trying to shoo them away at the time that Jesus was doing this. Uh, and I, I think that's yeah. amazing because uh, Jesus did that both with women and with kids. And he continually validated people whose society shunned. And I I just think that's amazing. I think that's amazing. One of the... Mm-hmm. One of the um, yeah. I'm just going back to some of the questions that Phil asked um, or Phil mentioned in his talk. One of the things that he talked about was Jesus, um, coming back to this story, was that Jesus was a great role model for the kids because he was safe, he was fun. Um, and there was something else that Phil said, safe, mm-hmm. fun, and he was interested in them. I think they were the, his, the, the three things. And so um, Jesus was, you know, uh, interested in with these kids. And he, he used this phrase role model. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of, and I think,
4: Mm.
0: you know, as a, as a dad, uh, certainly with boys and obviously we've got a daughter who I'm very intrigued into who their role models are um, in life. Who do they, who do they, you know, besides Mm. obviously mum and dad, um, but who are their role models? And I, um, I I, I don't know. I, I thought I'd mentioned this whole role model thing. What do you think about this whole idea of role models?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think it's, Great to have role models, isn't it? Um, like um, Paul, who wrote a lot of the New Testament in the Bible, talks about mm-hmm. like imitating him as he imitates Christ. So that there is that whole that we're meant to then pass along to the generations below us. Um, what you know, what what has been sewed into us as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I don't think I've got any more thoughts
0: on it. That's fair enough. I, <laughs> yeah. One of the things that intrigues me when people talk about role models, and and I I have to ask myself, am am I a role model? Could I say like Paul said, imitate me? Um, and I think mm. one of the things that I you become aware of certainly I become aware of is people are very, um, they do watch what you do. Kids watch what you do. They watch what you say, and they watch how you act. Um, and I think my I'm going to I don't know if I'm going to shame my parents slightly I mean my parents my mum especially is wonderful but my mum would often say to me do as I say don't do as I do Uh, and and, I mean we all have those stories Uh, and it, it was, it a, was a very popular phrase, praise, wasn't it, at the uh, time? A praised p- phrase, do as I say, don't do as I do. And I think you can't do that in reality because you are a role model and you are a role model to other kids. And people do see that and they do watch you. Um, it reminds me of that phrase, it takes a village to raise a child. And I think, you know, the village mm-hmm. sees, that, or the kids sees how everybody interacts with everybody. So the stuff that you do makes actually makes a difference. And I know it's a silly example, but one of the things that I... I'm, I was challenged about early, early on uh, was if I'm stood at a crossing, you know, and you're waiting for the lights to change, but there's a gap in the traffic, well, quite often we'll just go, right? It's not, it's not a crime here in the UK. You just go, I'm just going to cross. I'm not going to wait for the car. Why would I spend an extra 30 seconds waiting? But if there's a mum with a young kid stood there at the lights who's trying to teach their young kid to wait for the lights to change, and I just wander across... I, it was just a silly little example, but I was like, you know what? I need to be a better role model. I actually need to go, you know what? The 20 seconds is not going to destroy my life, but actually maybe I just need to impart something here to this kid that I'll never see again. Do you know what I mean? It's, um, it's an interesting challenge, I think. Yeah. So I've got, I've got a really, I'm going to throw you with a little question here. This question comes from Sada uh, and, um, Sadaf is a friend of Crowds. crowd. She's a wonderful person. You're going to see Sadaf in a few weeks' time chatting away. Sadaf, she likes her deep questions. Can't ask a normal question, Sadaf. Uh, so uh, she is asking, why does God say he will hold each generation accountable to the third and fourth generation? What does this even mean? And is the fifth generation off the hook? from Exodus chapter 34, verse 7. <laughs> so I thought, well, I've got the comments. I'm going to ask you the question and let you answer wow. that one, babe.
1: <laughs> Thank you very much for that one. That is a great question. It is a really good question. and what like, I would need to go and investigate a bit more um, to see whether it is that God... Uh, I guess my question in that would be, is it God saying that he will... What was the phrase again? Uh, Visit.
0: He said, uh, "Why does God say He would hold each generation accountable to the third and fourth generation? What does this even mean?"
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I th- is that come from the verse where it talks about the sins of the fathers I'm all guessing. be
0: revisited yeah,
1: yeah, on yeah, I'm the guessing. next? Uh, the answer, my actual answer is, <laughs> I really don't know. But my question, my questions in my thinking would be. Is it God saying that He's actually actively going to do that? Or is it mm. just a natural consequence that when we sin, it doesn't just affect us, it actually affects mm. the people around us as well? So that would be where I'd yeah, want to investigate. That's a good
0: question. I think it also implies uh, in that scripture that actually what you do matters, not just how I parent my kids now, not only matters to my kids, but it matters to my grandkids and my great grandkids. And it, there's a knock on effect. And we mm. saw that really clearly with your family, didn't we, in terms of. Um, you know your grandfather grew up in the war there were things which happened that had implications and knock-on effects uh, in the family and i think um i think that's a really important thing to think about actually as your parent if you are parenting it's not just a one generational thing it's not just 18 years and you're done that's it i'm out guys um i think this thing goes on for a little while so uh just to bear that in mind yeah
4: on the
1: on the Side of that, I think it is possible. Then to say maybe your family has seen the same patterns passed down over generations and generations. I think when we do come to God with that, um, yep. God can turn that around so that it's, He can like cut that off and we, it's like we start anew and then pass on a new thing to yeah, further absolutely. generations. I think there's God. I think mm. He's the, He's the God of redemption, isn't He, and of grace and being able to turn around tricky and and awful situations.
0: Well, finally, uh, Phil said this phrase, be curious, and I like that. Um, For me, that's what childlike is. It's just being curious, having this uh, wonder and awe and being curious about God. The Bible tells us that we are all children of God. So whether you like kids or whether you don't, you are one. Uh, And that's just the way life is. You know, we are children of God and he is our father, And that is uh, an amazing story. It's amazing to think about all of this stuff around Christmas, you know, like we said about Jesus coming as a child uh, and what that means and the implications of what that means. Uh, Sadaf's put here in the comments. Thank you, uh, (laughs) Edmondson's.
1: For for not (laughs) answering your question. For skillfully dodging
0: that question. Thank you so much. Um, So that, uh, go on.
1: is there time to is there time to add something on the you, God There's being always a time for you
0: but you go for it.
1: Yeah, it's just uh, I think in in one sense God is the father of everybody in that he's created all of us but in another sense not everybody is experiencing that and not everybody has um like God it's like God saying he wants everyone to be part of his family mm-hmm. but we have the choice in that. So uh, we have the choice to actually come into that relationship with our father or or mm. we can choose to be cut off from him. So yeah, it's just an invitation if you're somebody who doesn't have that relationship with your father God right now, he mm. he's there for you. All you need to do is step towards him and ask for forgiveness for all the stuff that you know in your life and that, um, let him forgive you and bring
0: him bring you back back into Very the family. Good. That was worth waiting for. Yeah.
1: That's finished
0: now. Thank you. Thank it worked. <laughs> you. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, you, people may watch, crowd may think Matt Matt leads crowd church. No, I don't. I'm just a man under instruction. That's that's what matters. <laughs> so, uh, babe, what have we got coming up next week? Why don't you tell the good folks what we have coming up?
1: Oh, <laughs> I have a note on it somewhere and I've lost it. Where is it? Oh, next week. Yeah, I've got it now. Uh, We've got John Harding talking about what does the Bible say about angels? Um, And he did that talk for our church where we meet in person this morning. Uh, It was fabulous. So do come along and hear that next week. Because Again,
0: angels play a huge part in the Christmas story. Uh, And so we're going to be talking about angels. What does the Bible say about angels? That's coming up next week. Then the week after we get into the question, what does the Bible say about Christmas? Uh, And, you know, does it talk about things like Christmas trees? And were there really three wise men that came uh, to see Jesus with expensive presents? All those kind of things we're going to get into, uh, which I find fascinating. So that's it from Sharon and myself thank you so much for being with us uh, as we said at the start if anything's come up um, and you would like to I'm going to put the number on the screen now uh, if you would like to reach out to us or get in touch you can do that via the WhatsApp number or via the website we would love to hear from you uh, we would love to pray for you if you've got anything you would like us to pray about I know a couple of people have contacted us this week um, you know some actually tied in with, with what you said at the start uh, a, a fellow who contacted us lost his dad this week. And we've been praying for him um, because that was heartbreaking, that story. And uh, it's, you know, thoughts and prayers with you. Uh, So if you would like to pray, uh, if you would like us to pray, please do let us know. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for being with us this week. As I said, we are going to close out with Mr. Pryor, Mr. Schofield and Mrs. Uh, I want to say Sharples, but she's not Sharples. It's Williams, Uh, Mrs. Williams, Zoe Williams. So um, we have got uh, a beautiful song to close out with. Thank you so much for joining us this week. And I can't wait to see you again next week. Bye for now.
4: Bye. Bye. i yeah.